Episode 89. Your heart and soul have the wisdom of the ages. Brought to you by the Universal Law of Abundance, Law Number 3. Come with me on a journey. Begin with primal mankind probably covered in hair and looking more like a gorilla. They probably have not yet learned how to make a fire and so they go searching for a fire. They probably have not yet learned how to store food and so they spend their day searching for food. They know pain. They do not know pleasure. Obviously they have sex. Otherwise we'd all be extinct. And so sex, a primal level, is quite a simple and fundamental act of procreation. Life is very short for this primal being because the things they hunt also hunt them. It is a competition, a battle of the smartest, and thankfully our primal friend, won. After a relatively short period of time like 100,000 years, this primal being begin to realize the benefits of permanency and shelter. They also realize the benefit of community slash tribe. And with that came the second layer of evolution, tribal rules. Tribal rules meant that not everything a person did was based on their primal instinct. Sex for example was no longer something that you did on the way to the river with anything and anyone you bumped into it was something you chose with someone you had permission from. So now there are tribal rules. And survival. Any contradiction between tribal rules and individual behavior was resolved pretty quickly with a wooden club. With the advent of tribal rules there became an awareness of the difference between what one felt and what one was allowed to do. Communities and tribes were encouraged by what became the first leaders on the planet to act for the greater good. And this introduced the first layer of conflict between the individual and the system. Emotion, feelings, pleasure, appetite and the desire to be safe came into conflict with the rules that govern the greater good. And this is where it stops. For the past 50,000 years people have argued as to whether a leader was operating in the interest of the greater good or whether they were acting in self-interest. For the leader it is also complicated to understand what is best to keep them in power and what is best for those they power over. And so we birthed the whole idea of religion, nations, organizations, football teams, and businesses. The most powerful people were leaders. And because not everybody was physically strong mental strength became the difference between a powerful leader and a powerful person. And so the divide between different tribes became more conspicuous and as you did so did the rules of engagement and cost of breaking those rules. Eventually some person, looking to be the most powerful person on the planet, came up with the idea that there is a judgment court somewhere outside of the planet that was watching everybody do whatever they did and would eventually decide whether they went to a happy place for infinity or to a very burning red hot place for infinity where they melted. That was a very clever choice of parodying because, ultimately, the person who was closest to the person who made the judgments got very powerful. And so began the church. No matter which religion you speak about the origin of that religion is the necessity to cause tribal individuality to be subordinate to the greater good. And now let's talk about the greater good. Given that each of us have within us the primal nature of that first Neanderthal human being, and some have not evolved much pastored, the question might be how do you organize such a diverse group of individuals whose primary and primal aim is self-survival, into a collaborative group operating with some level of compromise between self-gratification and the greater good? So the answer to this question is a work of genius. The answer is you ask the individual what they fear and you come up with a set of rules that will prevent their fears being manifested. And once you have done this the individual will subordinate their individual appetite for gratification in order to avoid the things they fear. The wrath of God for betraying the things that the tribe fears is death. And now you can see why every single human being walking this planet is bipolar. One part of us wants to comply with tribal rules and so we put on a dance performance that suggests we belong to a tribe, and then when nobody's watching, we are obedient to those feelings of self-preservation and self-gratification. And this is why it is really hard to find peace within yourself. 
On the one side you want to be that primal person who shags everything that moves, collects as much wealth as possible, is powerful in protecting and building a personal empire, while on the other side the only way to do that is through some form of participation in the tribe. During the Second World War brainwashing became a powerful weapon. It was shown that if you demonstrated to an individual that inflicting gross punishment on another individual that they were going to be both rewarded with pleasure, food or sex, and, operating for the great good. And in the process of advertising this new form of religion, the Nazi regime was built, Japan raped Asia, communities in Europe turned against each other and people who were previously best friends and neighbors had no hesitation in sending each other to death camps. This form of brainwashing is now called marketing. However, we are all more conscious of the impact of brainwashing and the conspicuous layers of it are no longer functional. However, if you speak to a very advanced advertising individual, you will find brainwashing is alive and well and causing people to do things in the belief that they are for the greater good end, fulfilling a personal appetite for primal pleasure. Netflix might be one great example. But Tesla and many health food and self-help programs are the same. Personal gratification and the greater good are merged and so there is a level of collusion that helps a person find some level of peace in their search for both personal and greater good compliance. Another example is meditation where the individual is encouraged to find bliss while at the same token meditating for global peace. We can say clearly that when a person is participating in this dynamic game between personal gratification and operating in some form of the greater good they are living unconsciously and therefore they cannot do anything substantial in their lives except manage the chaos and try to find some level of peace in themselves through the use of substances, greed, sex and ironically spirituality. Spirituality is the greatest game on earth because it claims to operate for the greater good while at the same token giving the individual the ultimate connection to their soul. If this is presented in the right, wrong, way, the individual will seek pleasure in the spiritual process such as yoga, while believing it is good for the planet. Ignorance is bliss but ignorance cannot run a business. Ignorance cannot live a purpose greater than the self. Ignorance cannot find inspiration or create anything unique. Ignorance substitutes so many different things and calls it love. But ignorance cannot find love. Ignorance can find things that it calls love such as a marriage or children, but, if you look hard at it, most marriages and families are not built on love but on the ambition to bring self-gratification into its highest and most legitimized form of greater good, the family. But ignorance fails. Ignorance fails because it is ultimately self-hypnosis or brainwashing. To live consciously requires a recognition of what is this primal instinct and to make sure that it is placated. We cannot run away from our primal self, we all have it built into us. But if we give this primal self wings, then everything we touch becomes polarized into either pleasure or pain and we end up running from one and seeking the other almost like a naked blind person running through a forest of blackberries. I remember clearly in my younger years the frequent invasion of our schoolyard by swarms of bees. It is a most frightening experience one I wish not to endure again. 600 children would be in the yard and fields when an announcement would come over the microphone system to run to cover and for those who were too far away to lay flap on the grass and not move. Because I love sport I was always too far from shelter and would be caught out there in the open and would have to lie flat on my stomach listening to the sounds of what felt like at the time billions and billions of bees swarming over my head knowing that if I stood up or moved, the entire bee swarm would attack me. So the occasional sting had to be endured without moving. Occasionally one of the other kids would get bitten and sit up and the next thing you know they would have 1000 bee stings and be on the edge of death. It was an awful experience. And sometimes this is what it feels like to live consciously. You are aware of the thousands of opportunities to buy into the bee stings, to buy into the fear of the swarm, to let yourself go into that emotional argument between self-gratification and the greater good of others, and become angry and defensive about something. 
and that is unfortunately the byproduct of living unconsciously that the choices are either hate, expressed as anger and frustration, or pleasure, expressed as righteousness and justified behavior for the greater good. It is a lifelong lie but the bee stings really hurt from doing so. So you have a chance to be a conscious leader. You will need at your hand a filter. This filter has a mesh and it doesn't allow anything unconscious to pass through it. It is like a dreamcatcher except it is the opposite it is a bullshit radar. Most of that bullshit is your own reaction to other people and things in life. But the most important thing is to have that filter on board so that you can only allow things to emanate from your words and actions that are conscious. Catching yourself in a state of primal or tribal illusion is not in any way saying that because you have those feelings you are less of a person, you are simply being aware to lie flat on the ground when the bee swarm comes. The mesh of your filter of living as a conscious leader are five simple principles that have stood the test of time since that first Neanderthal being tried to stand on two legs. Not only do those principles reveal themselves from the beginning of human time, they exist in the universe. How old is this universe? How vast is this universe? If you take all the sand on all the beaches in all the world and you take one single grain of sand, that single grain represents our sun in the universe of stars. Our mind cannot comprehend the concept of infinite. And nor should it given that infinite means beyond beyond beyond. And that's why it's so safe to create a religion with a judgment beyond 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 beyond. There is no way to know whether it is true or false. But what we do know is the mind that created the universe, also created a tree. We know that the laws that govern stars and planets and cause them to stay in some form of ordered organization govern every cell of our human body. And it would seem, if we are to live consciously that it might be wise to make those laws both the best way to serve our personal interests as well as the best way to serve the greater good. And that becomes the filter. That's the end of today's episode. Today was an opportunity for food for thought. It is not an attack on religion or family values quite the opposite, it is a complete validation of all of that. But, it is an invitation to look beyond. With spirit, Chris.